What's going on, everybody? So with this episode, it actually ran a little bit longer than normal, so we're actually going to split it into two separate episodes. But you'll hear me later on when I cut them out. Anyway, hope you enjoy. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? And welcome everybody to the 1201 Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Coach, and today in the 1201 studio, I have our two other, you know him as fantasy experts, and the funny guy, and you know, the guy that told you to sit Amari Cooper, and the one with way too many dogs, Jake Brier, Thomas Pringle. I got them with me today. Today is, I'm kind of excited for today, guys. Uh, it's our first draft-based episode, talking all about the NFL draft uh, giving you guys you know, who we think should go in the first round, who shouldn't go in the first round. I uh, will be giving you a mock draft today. Um, what else are we talking about? I know we got a loaded Wait, show. We're, we're talking about the NFL draft? I thought we were talking about the uh, coming of Iran draft. Ah, yes, the the military draft. Uh, yeah, you see ne- the confusion. Yeah, no, I, I see the confusion. That's next week. Next week. Okay, okay, cool, cool. You know, Trump has to make some trades. Obviously, you know, you want to get more first-round picks. Right. You don't you don't want to go to you don't want to go to war with you know bad, you know, you know people that aren't really good, you know, with guns and stuff. Obviously. Yeah, all we really need is an edge rusher and help put us over the top. <laughs> I don't know. I think Iran might have a pretty solid left tackle. We need a good we need a really good deep threat so we can drop some bombs on them. Hmm. I feel like that joke has way more context than it should. <laughs> <laughs> And we are now a very political podcast, um, <laughs> but uh, no, we actually let, let's start it off with a show or with a question, uh, not a show because this is the show. Obviously, let's start it off with a question we actually got from uh, Twitter, one of our main listeners that we have, uh, Kyle. Is Prest. Jay, is Jay Bray back? Jay Bray is back. Okay. Okay. Jay, yeah. 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 Uh, but the question that he asked, uh, since we're kind of getting more into the NFL, since this is something that you know we kind of waited around a little bit on, but uh, we talked about this on the last college football episode, but what is the best game of, of the NFL in the last decade, the best drive, and the best play? Who wants to start it off? I think the best game uh, for me is going to be the the Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl. You know, that first uh, Eagles Super Bowl win, mm-hmm. really special for them. And best play, it's going to be the famous play from that exact same game, the uh, Philly special. See, I mean, that's the only play that I could think about, really. You know, being think the best about play, think the about how often because, we're seeing, yeah, exactly, we're seeing so many variations of it now. I mean, at all levels, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's just it's taking on a life of its own. So I, I don't see how you don't call that the best play of the last decade. The the game that I think was the best in the last decade was just last year on Monday Night Football uh, with the Chiefs and the uh, the Rams. Uh, took place in Cal- uh, took place in L.A., of course, and the midst of, you know, the L.A. fires, and, you know, there was a lot to do about that game. People thought it was going to get canceled, but that was the highest-scoring Monday Night Football game we've ever had, ever. And that game went back and I was remember where it was. I was inside Chili's and I was like, yeah, I'll probably leave at halftime. And then at halftime, it's like a million to a million and two. And oh, yeah, like, you yeah, and I, I were watching just, that game at Chili's that's together. Right, I that's that right, now. Yeah. 
And you yeah, know, we put so, we put away from two some uh, two for one beer specials. Yes, let me tell we you. did. Good God, we put a, that was that was a fun night. That was because I, I, I thought it was with Alex, and I was like, no, I think I might have been with Pringle. So, but yeah, man, that was that was fun because we did we did a lot of the chip baskets too. But uh, you know, so we we watched that game, and then but yeah, play the play of the decade is definitely 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 the Philly Philly. Uh, Jake, what's your what's your game of the decade? So my game of the decade that I went with, I stuck with the Super Bowl. Um, I'm actually going to go with the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. I remember watching the yeah the 28-3 game, and to be honest, I was watching the game and down 25. I honestly was not really that worried for Tom. Uh, I knew they had a clicking offense, and I knew they could make some noise if they kind of just stuck to their guns on it. And sure enough, they did. It, now we're going go we're going to best play of the decade, and I understand why you guys picked that one, but. I, I couldn't stay away from the Super Bowl with my picks for the decade awards. Uh, my best play of the decade is the Malcolm Butler interception against the Seahawks. Great play. I mean, it literally it literally changed who was getting a ring. Uh, Pete Carroll stuck to his ego and wanted to give Russ all the pomp and circumstance, wanted to give him the game-winning touchdown instead of taking the, Ian, the free and easy touchdown with Marshawn Lynch. But Malcolm, Malcolm Butler had different plans. So, <laughs> Well, my drive because uh, that's that's the third part of the question. My drive of the decade actually comes from that uh, Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl. Uh, down at the very end, you know, within the last 17 minutes, the Patriots put together four scoring drives to fully cap off, you know, the, uh, you know, the comeback and, you know, to tie it up, um, and, you know, and to send it in overtime. So I think that final game-winning drive where Tom Brady marched him all the way down the field and then you could even really even put in, you know, the first drive that he gets in overtime where he drives down the field and scores a touchdown. Uh, you know, either one of those, I think, could be up there in that discussion. But, you know, just an overall great game from Tom Brady, who this may, – that may have been the last time we saw him this past Saturday. Yeah, this past Saturday. But who knows? Hopefully. <laughs> Please. My best drive of the decade, I'm going to go with back to what y'all were talking about, the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl Um the Patriots had just made it 32, uh, 33 to 32. Gronk had just scored. And then Nick Foles comes in with nine and nine minutes and 22 seconds left to orchestrate a 14 play, seven minute drive to go ahead and get the go ahead touchdown. They had three separate third or fourth down conversions on that drive and just kept pounding New England in the mouth and they could not stop them. Like I said, the drive started with nine minutes and 22 seconds and ended on the touchdown pass to Zach Ertz with two minutes and 25 seconds left. That was a seven-play drive that completely sucked the life out of that New England defense, and I think that changed the momentum of the game. Yeah, I mean, that that was a overall just an amazing game. I hope you're not waiting on me because I don't have a drive because uh, I don't pay that close of attention, but uh, <laughs> I'd, give, I'd give you another play. I'd give you another play if you would like. I mean, that would be enough to cover for it. Uh, we'll let it slide, but next time you need to be more prepared if you're going to stay on this podcast, bud. Look, you got your yes, own show sir. on Wednesdays now, so. Yes, sir, you're right. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you're going to effectively kick me off of my own show, then, I mean, just saying. You know, like I said on the Wednesday <laughs> podcast, check it out, by the way, if you haven't. Yeah, we have a lot of fun. Do some, We're doing some great stuff. Yeah, uh, fun sucks. Yeah, you're all a little too corporate for us, so um, we're we're, uh, we're kicking it back, taking it easy. Check it out. Check us out on Wednesday. It's my plug. So, let's get into a little bit of playoff action. Obviously, we had two games on Saturday, which I think is great. You know, the bowl games have been awesome. 
Uh, but having just football on Saturdays, like professional football, has been awesome as well. Uh, so ha- we had two big games on Saturday. Uh, of course, we had the Patriots uh, taking the L to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, but we also had, um, oh, crap, why am I forgetting? The Texans and the um, who, the, the Bills. Bills. There we go, Bills Mafia. I hear um, a dog. Yeah, I did hear a dog. It must have <laughs> been Jake. Uh, it might be my, well, no, Tucker. He's he's doing a good job right now. I can see him in the background. That, that was that of, wasn't a howl, so that was, was not a howl. You are correct. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about uh, Texans Bills Mafia first. What a, I mean, the Bills blew it. Let's just let's just be honest. The Bills blew it. They had a sixteen nothing lead going into it or going into the half, and the Texans looked like they could absolutely do nothing on offense. And then the Texans came out, found some you know found some electricity, and came out and punched them in the mouth. Basically, basically what they did. Uh, had a couple big plays, and you know, Bills had a chance late and blew it. Yeah, the Brian Dabble, I think it's Dabble, Dable, whatever. Uh, he had a great plan early in the game and really put Josh Allen in some in some places where he could uh, thrive. You know, going up sixteen nothing, the defensive line for Buffalo really took over that game there at the beginning. Houston offense, offensive line sucks. Um, Fact, they re- they really should not have won that game. What and I don't get the about the Texans' time. offensive line is they had a first-round draft pick, and they had so many options to take, and then they take that guy Titus Howard out of <laughs> – uh, where did he even come from? Like, the Texans the Texans had a, a great opportunity to bolster their offensive line, and they're like, yeah, you know what, let's not do that. Yeah, Idiots. I don't get it. I do know they traded their first-round pick for Laramie Tunsil, so that is a step in the right direction. It is. But, um, you know, it's inexcusable the how they've just kind of pushed that to the side. Also, it's inexcusable how Bill O'Brien punted from the Buffalo 37 and the Buffalo 46 in the first half. I mean, this dude is Mike McCarthy-esque, just holds his team back. And I feel bad for Houston fans because just because he won that playoff game now, he's going to stay the head coach. Um, In the second half, the Bills just blew it. Josh Allen took three sacks, that stupid lateral with like a minute left in the game, and just awful decisions the entire rest of the game. Um Buffalo's got to get Josh Allen playmakers, man. Which maybe we'll we'll add one or two in you know in our uh, mock draft coming up here in just a little bit. Yeah, but Pringle, what do you think of uh, Josh Allen and you know his second? This is his second playoff start, right? Pretty sure because he had one last year. I think they made the playoffs last year. Yeah, the Bills made the playoffs last year, but and they lost to the Patriots. No, that was two years. That was two years before with Tyrod Taylor. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. it was. Well, anyway, what do you think of Josh Allen in the playoffs? Playoff Josh Allen. Doesn't have the weapons he needs. And he's a big body possession receiver. Uh, maybe once we get to the mock draft, we can sort that out for them. But yeah, I mean, they just weren't ready for. They always weren't ready for it. I mean, their team. There's a good solid they seem foundation. Like they came there. out ready. Well, there's a good solid foundation there. Um, they they're just not quite ready for the big time yet. Uh, give it another. Give it maybe till ne- maybe next year. Get some more weapons on the offensive side of the ball, and then uh, let's see what happens. But yeah, I don't think um, I was kind of surprised I got off to that. Is it sixteen nothing? That sixteen nothing lead. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just don't think they have the offense to sustain that, and uh, really, it comes down to, like I said, the lack of receiving weapons they have. Um, hope they can fix it up in the draft, and uh, you know, just keep an eye on this Bills team. It's going to be a fun team to watch in the coming years. Well, maybe Thomas Pringle can fix the Bills' uh, offensive situation in our mock draft coming up later. Oh, I can fix the Bills' offensive situation, Jacob. So don't you worry. <laughs> well, speaking don't of surprises. Don't worry, you're pretty low-headed about it. I'll fix the Bills. Speak, speaking of surprises, let's talk about the biggest surprises of the night. 
Uh, Tennessee Titans marching into Foxborough, taking out the Patriots. Um, I honestly didn't expect it. I I did choose the Titans to beat the Patriots, and you know, in a different uh, fantasy league that I'm in, you know, getting uh, you know going for draft picks and stuff. But uh, I did choose the Titans to beat them. However, I just didn't feel it all the way in my heart, even though. I wasn't really high on the Patriots this year, but I really wasn't high on the Titans, you know, at all. But, uh, you know, I think that game being at night definitely benefited Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry is like 240 pounds of pure man running the football in, you know, just normal conditions. You get it in cold Foxborough outdoors at night, that adds a whole nother element to it. Nobody wants to take him down, and he imposed his will all night. I uh, thought it was a great game all around by the Titans. The Titans came in, they took care of business. They did exactly what they needed to do to win the football game, and they didn't look back. I concur. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's really typical of playoff football, it seems. Um, the best offensive – like, whichever offensive line can dominate the defensive line or vice versa, that team's probably going to win. And you saw that with Tennessee. I mean, New England could not stop them from getting to the second level, and Tennessee just manhandled them the entire game, and that ended up being the difference. On the other side, uh, that 52, I think he was a linebacker who, who morphed into a fullback for New England. Mm-hmm. As soon as he got hurt, that changed the complexion of their offense. Like, they just sputtered, and they couldn't do a thing. You know, Jacobin said it uh, in the group. Pretty similar to Buffalo with playmakers. I mean, New England needs him. They have no big body tight end to bail out Tom anymore, and then Julian Edelman's hurt. Fact. You can't trust Nikhil Harry or Philip Dorsett. I mean, they've been neglecting wide receiver this entire tenure for Tom Brady, especially these past five years, and it's just been awful to watch. And Julian Edel- the Julian him. Edelman cheat code has finally started to dwindle away. Yeah, their offense just looked has looked out of sync all year, really. I mean, it really came to head in this playoff in this playoff game where couldn't really move the ball against a good Tennessee defense, but I think this might be the end of the dynasty. Uh Tom Brady's really starting to show his age and uh, you know, I hope, you know, gotta respect them for what they've been able to do, but I'm um, really happy that it looks like you know, it's starting to crack and fall apart. I will say, though, I mean, Tom Brady sounded like he wasn't ready to give it up just yet uh, in his press conference that he had last night. And I'll go ahead and spoil it a little bit. You know, there was a couple times in, you know, the two different mock drafts that I've done where I could have given the Patriots a quarterback. And I just think that Tom Brady comes back maybe for one more year. And maybe they pick up a guy in the second or third like they've been doing here in the past couple of years and maybe going to groom him. But... I think Tom, I don't think Tom goes out like that. So I, I think he may comes back for one more year. Well, I have a spoiler alert for you, Jacob. I did give them a quarter. I did give them a quarterback. I'm not going to say who, but Uh-oh. Mr. Pringle was working his magic. And, uh, you know, I hope y'all like it when we get to that section. I, can't I think wait. the big difference, I think the big difference this time for New England is there's no Jimmy Garoppolo behind Brady ready to take the reins. I mean, you're not going to give this team over to Jarrett Stidham, who, would like throw the ball away or take a big sack anytime there was any bit of pressure at Auburn. He's awful, absolutely awful. I think Tom Brady comes back next year. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I think anybody that says because you know they toyed with this idea of Tom Brady retiring around week fourteen for the past like three or four years. Oh, this is gonna be Tom's last. This is gonna be and Tom just keeps coming back and he looks the exact same. Now he did kind of dwindle a little, little bit uh, this year. Um, but you know, it's still Tom Brady. It's still Bill Belichick. It's still the perfect system. Now I think if McDaniels leaves, which I think he very well could, cause I know he's in conversation for a couple different jobs. I think if he leaves, it changes up a little bit, but you know, Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady, wherever he, you know, whatever happens to him. 
he's gonna he's gonna be just fine. But I definitely think the Patriots have to attack uh, getting a playmaker early on in the draft this year. Uh, what about the games from Sunday? Uh, I didn't get a chance to really watch them, so I know you know bad on my part. You know we've been having practice most of the day. We had our girls and guys. Uh, so I'll let y'all kind of take away with this. I know the Saints lost. Uh, well, I didn't get to watch them either. So Jake, you want to take Jake's it away? Got, Jake's uh, got enlighten this. our listeners. Uh, I know the Can. Saints. I know the Saints lost. I know the Eagles lost. Which it's been a great weekend of football for me. It's that the Patriots, the Eagles, and the Saints all lost. You know, if you guys don't know me, not a fan of the Saints. I'm a Cowboys fan. I've got my own set of problems. Um, so, <laughs> and you know, all I know is that the Patriots, the Eagles. The Saints and the Cowboys all have the same amount of playoff wins this year, so eat it. Uh, but Jake, uh, kind of tell us a little <laughs> bit about the games this Sunday. Yeah, so um, I was kind of high strung during the Saints game. They really didn't deserve to lose. Um, I'm sorry, they really did not deserve to win. Uh, Minnesota went in there and just took it to them. Now the Saints were down on their depth on the defensive line. You know they were down Sheldon Rankins, their best defensive tackle. Um, and they were also down that dude from a uh, Mac school, basically that they traded two first round picks for, you know, um, still salty about that. But anyway, he's, you know, a, he's a conference this... USA guy. I can't oh, think of who be. you're talking about. Uh, the guy from UTSA, um, right. trash David, uh, Marcus. Trash. Davenport. That's correct. Uh, thank you for remembering his name. Cause Ew, I don't even say cause... his name. You gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Minnesota took it to them. Um, you know, they ran all over them today. Kirk was doing really well in the, on the play action game. Uh, Adam Thielen was eating Marshawn Lattimore's lunch and Lattimore couldn't do a thing about it. Like Thielen ran a hundred out routes and Lattimore didn't know it was coming ever. So, <laughs> and then on the other side of the ball, um, you know, I've been preaching for a while now that Andrews Pete and Larry Warford are booty and the Minnesota Vikings saw that. Apparently the Falcons, that's how they beat the Saints earlier in the year. They attacked the interior of the line. Well, after the game, they talked to Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin, and that was their exact game plan. They would bump down their edge rushers to the interior and feast, and Drew Brees just had hardly any time all game. You know, they, ha- they had a key sack fumble there when the Saints were driving, could have gotten points. Uh, Will Lutz missed a field goal at the end, right at the end of the first half. Um all in all, the Saints just did not deserve to win because they got manhandled up front. I mean, that's um, where that's where all football games come down to, in my opinion, is the trenches. And if anybody doesn't believe that, they don't know football. I mean, true. I, Watch I, these four I, I think it's games. great. I think it is absolutely great that Minnesota has gone back to the 1920s and decided to run the football. <laughs> I, I love it. You know, I, I mean, mainly because I have Dalvin Cook in like all of my fantasy leagues. So yeah, keep feeding that dude. You know, keep feeding offenses that run the football. God bless them. God bless him. Because all I'm saying yeah, is the top me, uh... five passers this season, the top five passers this season are all sitting at home watching the playoffs on the same couch. Maybe not hey, the same Jacob. couch, but they're all watching on the couch. Uh, Run the ball. How do I get in the action of your, uh, of your fantasy league that's still going on right now? Uh, how, how do I get in, get in on that? It sounds like a pretty intense <laughs> league that's still going on. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's one for experienced, uh, dedicated, good-looking um, – no other let you in. Ah, uh, that's okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, what about what about the night game uh, with Philadelphia and the Seahawks? So I know everyone knows going into this game, Philly was very banged up on offense. They were missing a couple weapons on offense, and it sounds Miles like they Sanders even got was, more banged up today. 
Yeah, Miles Sanders was banged up uh, going into the game and even exited the game for a little while in the first half. And then about five or six minutes into the first quarter, uh, Carson Wentz was scrambling. He was running and probably about two inches from the ground. You know, he was diving. He was falling forward. Jadavion Clowney decided to drive his shoulder into the back of Carson Wentz's head and bounce his head off the turf. Well, Carson Wentz had to leave thanks to an extremely dirty hit uh, via, via a concussion. So 40-year-old Josh McCown had to come into the game and try and manage something for the Eagles. And the Seahawks still only beat them by eight because Seahawks' offensive line is booty. Um, Philly was manhandling them all game. The big X factor in this one um, was 64th overall pick, wide receiver one, DK Metcalf. Uh, He dominated in everything that he did. You know, Seattle really misses Chris Carson at running back. Marshawn Lynch looks like he was bagging groceries like a week ago. He just looks plain. Um, they're really missing him. But DK Metcalf uh, stepped up and kind of helped Seattle win that game. Old DK Metcalf. That was your boy going into last year's draft. Dude was 6'4", 233, and looked like a freaking transformer. I mean, he was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> looked like a transformer. That's awesome. <laughs> well, well, so there you have it. You know, you have the, you know, the, the Seahawks moving on. You have the Vikings moving on. Uh you like that? Uh, that's that's my favorite thing from Kirk Cousins ever. That's like the only good thing that he's done. Um, uh, he gets paid $72 million to just say that like maybe three times a year, and it's great. Um, and then we have, you know, the Texans moving on finally. Uh, and, of course, we have the Tennessee Titans moving on to the next round. All right, guys, and this is where we ended the recording. Uh, stay tuned for the second half of this, which is the mock draft, which is from me, Jake, and Pringle. Picks 1 through 24 of just the first round. Uh, you can find this tomorrow, or I guess about Tuesday at 9 o'clock in the morning. Hope you guys have a great rest of the week. And always remember at 1201 Sports, even when we're wrong, we're always right. Peace. <laughs>